Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clipped that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Friday, December 2nd. I mean, it's time to talk some football. It's time to preview week 13. And probably we're going to end up discussing a bunch of movies I've never seen because the betting bros are back for the week 13 preview. We got Scott Pianowski. We got Frank Schwab. Frank, buddy, I know we've talked a couple of times on FFL, uh, you know, over the last few weeks. But uh, how you been, man? It's been a minute since you've been on the, been on the show. But doing well, doing well. I was glad on Sunday morning to say, do not play Damian Pierce because the Texans are absolutely dead. And then he gets game scripted out about two minutes into that game. It was like, oh, oh, the Texans are completely laid down. So no, going well. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. Now we're into like the real heart of the stretch run of the NFL season where we can start crossing off teams, start crossing off some of my fantasy teams this year, unfortunately. But hey, life's good. Can't complain. Love to hear it. Scott? I've been told that you're speaking of betting, you're throwing darts uh, 37, 20 and three on the season so far, Scott. Shout out to you, my dude. You are absolutely on fire. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks, man. Good to be rounding again. Uh, I just wish I had gotten on to the Seattle under Seattle, the Denver under train a little bit earlier. The Broncos, uh, they've, come, they've gone over the total once this year. They're also the only team that's bad enough to get NBC to run away from a Patrick Mahomes Island game. Think about it's that. And NBC's like, we cannot televise the Chiefs because we'll have to have the Broncos on half the time, and nobody wants that. I just want to also, before we jump into Week 13, I just want to throw out a plea. I'm sure fantasy managers know this, but let me just remind you. Six teams do not play next week. In a lot of leagues, playoffs will start next week or you're, you're playing for that final playoff spot. Maybe you're trying to lock up a bye. It is important to look ahead and make sure this is like a time of the year. I may carry multiple defenses. I wouldn't do that early in the year. Just make sure you're looking ahead. You know, Hunter Henry gets Arizona in week 14. The Kansas City defense gets some really good matchups coming up. So uh, look ahead is very important, especially for week 14, because six teams can't help you. Absolutely. By the way, real really quick, eh, because he's... Uh, because he's not going to say this about himself. Me and Scott are in a pick uh together, pick pool. I'm doing really well. I- I'm about 18 games over 500, something like that, which is unbelievable against the spread, right? We pick every game. 
Scott's beating me by, I think, 13, 14 picks. Like, uh, he's having Incredible. a year for the ages. He will not pat himself on the back, so I will do that for him. I am like, I'm, I'm like... Hitting sixty percent and playing for second place—it's it's kind of unbelievable. So let's keep it hot. Let's let's uh, keep that going, Scott. Thanks, guys. Well, after those nice words, I'm sure I'm going to have three winners this week, but uh, we'll see what we can do. It's it's a humbling game. The moment you think you know something this really league, is. you will get knocked on your behind. So hopefully it's not this week. But thanks for the kind words. Let's uh, let's give out some fantasy intel. Yeah, let's get right to it. Uh, starting with a couple of great games here, uh, neither of which is the Sunday night game, but uh, I will bemoan that a little bit later. But Dolphins at 49ers. This one's interesting. And, and Scott, I'll start with you because I think this is y- your question here. As the folks know, with the preview show, each of the guys gives a couple of uh, a note here, a note there. And then we end up talking about the whole damn game anyways. Your note, though, Scott is we got to figure out like who is the number two back behind CMC without Elijah Mitchell in the picture here. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to use multiple backs. I mean, CMC is their featured back. Is he a bell cow? Maybe not. You know, they'll throw the additional run to Debo every once in a while. So is Tyrion Davis price the caddy? Is it Jordan Mason? Hard to say. And, you know, this is an offense, one of the offenses in the league that doesn't have a running component from the quarterback. I still can't decide if Jimmy Garoppolo is good or not good, but <laughs> he's always, he always handsome. Always handsome. We can't figure out how good always. he is. So, surely the Warriors cheerleaders like him at least. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They, to the point that they ignored the people he was with. Right. So, um, <laughs> love that. But we, we have to speculate. Uh, you know, Davis Price has played so little. Uh, Mason got some garbage time touches last week. It is a Shanahan offense. You know, McCaffrey could get hurt. I, the guessing game of what running back is going to get hurt is kind of a fool's errand. So I, I don't want to act like McCaffrey injury is inevitable. But we we have to have a we have to have one of these guys. I, I think you know ranked proactively. I I went after davis price maybe it's just the upside of the unknown i I know he wasn't active last week but you know that's going to change this week now that mitchell's out of the picture so i guess that lean tdp is not with any conviction if if one of you two guys has a strong take i'd love to hear it i don't have a strong take on it although i will say i i do buy into this you know the speculation that like tevin coleman gets is going to get called up from the practice squad and like he might be the number two back so this is a situation like and i'm with you scott about you know, looking ahead, stacking your roster for playoffs, a big part of that is is sta- trying to stash these like lottery ticket running backs. Because even if CMC misses like a week or two, it's not a long term injury, something like that. You want to have whoever the caddy is, as you as you say, you want to have that guy on on your roster, not be fighting over uh you know fighting over him on waivers, stuff like that. And the inactive active stuff, and even the practice squad designation nowadays, really truly means nothing as to who the number two uh, running back could be. So just because Jordan Mason has played and TDP hasn't, that doesn't mean anything. So I think this is, I agree with you, a crucial situation to to watch. Frank, I I want to get to your two a point here in a second, but do you have any kind of lean one way or another on this 49ers backup running back situation? Yeah, I honestly think it's it's just a wasteland because of Debo. I mean, Scott touched on that. Look, whatever carries there are to be had, a, a chunk of them are going to go to Debo. And if, let's say, the, you know, Shanahan's sitting there saying, we can only give McCaffrey half the reps because he's got this knee irritation, whatever. Okay, that leaves at absolute most 15, 16 carries. Well, Debo's going to take six of those. It's just the pie is just getting cut up so much. And let's say McCaffrey goes down or misses a game for whatever, you know, load management, whatever reason. I just think it's going to be a cluster where, 
a little bit the TDP, a little bit the Mason, but then the Debo thing comes into play and it kind of just kills everybody's value. So honestly, like I get it. I, at this time of year, if you have a, a bench spot, especially if you're in a deeper league, yeah, stash Mason, stash TDP, even Tevin Coleman, I get that totally. But honestly, I don't see any of these guys having value. It would be kind of a godsend for Debo managers if he did start to get a little bit more rushing oh, uh, sure. work because yeah. because his targets have come kind of completely um, fallen off the face of the earth with McCaffrey there and obviously the emergence of Ayuk and everybody being healthy. I- I'm glad Scott brought up the Jimmy G, like, is he good question here, Frank, because, you know, Jimmy G is like our EPA per play king, right? Like every single year he's up there with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. He's fifth. Right now, this year, uh, just behind Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, but the guy who ranks number one this year is Tua in EPA per play. So, is Tua good? Uh, it, how good is Tua? And I think this, as you say on the outline, I think this is one of the biggest tests he's going to face this year. Yeah, I, I mean, if Tua could go in and carve up this 49ers defense, which I have utmost respect for, I think D'Amico Ryan should be everybody's number one this is the guy we want to hire this next uh, coaching cycle. He's been, done a great job as a 49ers defense coordinator. They have a lot of talent. They're getting healthier on that side of the ball. If Tua could carve up these guys, okay. Like, <laughs> it's another yeah. step. And I wouldn't, look, if, if he struggles a bit, I wouldn't jump off the ship. I mean, we know by now Tua's good. Tua's, Tua's good, yeah. good quarterback. He, they've put him in a great position. Coaching matters so much. I, does he have the same talent level as Herbert? Probably not, but... He's got a lot around him, and he's going to be a really productive quarterback for a long time. But I just think, you know, we haven't we've seen him do well all season long, but he hasn't faced a defense like this. I don't think maybe the Bills early in the season, but even they didn't play very well against the Bills. They won that game, but they didn't have many yards. So I think this matters a lot for just Tua's kind of reputation. Almost if he can again, if he can go in and carve up the 49ers in this game. I think even the doubters would have to say, yeah, he's he's top five quarterback probably in the league, or at least in that conversation. So I actually I think he's going to do fine. I like the I like the Dolphins plus four. I'll tell you that. I, I think that they keep this game close. I think Mike McDaniel is a really really good play caller. He knows how to get the ball to his best playmakers. He knows how to bring Tua along, and I think his familiar. I, you never know how the familiar familiarity works. Like, does it right. matter that Shanahan knows McDaniel or McDaniel knows Shanahan? I just think that he's smart and he's going to figure out ways to to keep the Dolphins, at least in this game, and maybe pull off the upset. And this is Tua's moment, right? Because he gets yeah. probably the toughest defense he'll face all year in the Niners. And then next week, as I mentioned, they flexed away from Denver and Kansas City. It's Herbert and Tua on Sunday yeah. Night Football. So everybody will get to have, you know, Twitter will be real fun that day oh as we get to the side. <laughs> we get to revisit the the draft and, you know, did the Dolphins ultimately get the better quarterback? And why don't the Chargers have any receivers? Didn't they plan for the fact that their two best receivers are the sold? And yada, yada, yada. I know they're not that far down the outline either. But I'm also, because um, this is a betting bro show, we're rounding again. Uh, I'm going to call up uh, Zagosh and I'm going to take the Dolphins plus four. Nice. Like it. That's a that's a good call. I mean, I, I there's so many good reasons to have faith in Tua as a player and just this infrastructure, uh, the ecosystem that Mike McDaniel has put together here, man. I mean, Mike McDaniel seems like he has at least like two or three uh, cool clips going around on Twitter. I love the one this week where he says to the, one of the guys in the headset, like, what do you think if I just pass on every play? Uh, this drive, <laughs> just just Wasn't I, think there, I really... didn't look at it. But this is he have a clip where he's talking to Alec Ingold, and he's like, 
Hey, you know that play where you made everybody miss and they couldn't tackle yeah. you? That was really cool. <laughs> that was yeah, he's, that was so fun. He's, so he's like, fun. I like that you did that. Yeah, he has the one is like clack 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 clack. Nice. Like that was that was another fun one. Yeah, he's, Frank, he's why, on fire. Why have, Frank, why have we not called him Mike McD once this season? How have we? Missed oh this? wow, that's got to be. I even get that. Oh, this guy, this coach that. always doubles back for a friend. Man, you know, <laughs> this this guy is. Uh, you know, he dropped out dropped out of law school. You know, uh, last oh, I yeah. saw, he was running deep in the World Series of Poker. You, you know, type of guy he borrows ten thousand. He borrows ten thousand dollars from you, and he loans. He gets it back to you the next day, <laughs> in cash. Of course, Why, that that happens all the time. There we go. All right, now it's now it's a betting bros podcast. Uh, now we are officially here. We got another great game to talk about here in that same window. Uh, can't wait to be watching all these games on Sunday. Chiefs minus two at. The Cincinnati Bengals, you know, a little playoff revenge game here. Scott, we're getting Jamar Chase back uh, to an offense that has played extremely well in his absence. Yeah, I took the Bengals plus the points here, but the unknown is Chase. He's so good that fantasy managers have to play him, but we have no idea. It's going to be one of these things that whatever happens, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, of course you couldn't play Chase in his first game back. Look, you only had 20 snaps. He obviously wasn't 100%. Or, oh, no, of course you had to play Jamar Chase because he's Jamar Chase. Look, he just threw up 175-2 and two against the Chiefs. The Bengals are a Super Bowl threat when he's on the field. I like T. Higgins a lot. I think T. Higgins is a great football player, but the lead singer of this passing game, the downfield passing game, is Chase. He's the one guy who can turn this from a contending team to a team that can go as deep as it went last year. Running game hasn't really been great. I know Mixon had that one wonderful touchdown explosion, and P. Ryan has been fine as a fill-in. But this team really, its if they have Chase, they can go deep. If they don't have – they can go deep in the playoffs. They can be a real serious threat. If they don't, they can't. I just think when the player's upside is this high, I can't imagine not starting Chase, even though it's a very wide, wide range of outcomes for him in Week 13. One of the craziest things I've heard, I don't know if you guys caught this, but Jamar Chase talking about kind of what happened and all that. He's going through it and says – yeah, I heard it in this week. The next week, I just had the adrenaline pumping, so I played. He scored two touchdowns with a fracture in his hip. Like, are you kidding me? These guys are supermen sometimes. We we lose sight of that. <laughs> These yeah. guys could push our bodies to limits that we can't even comprehend. Yeah, I mean, I'm learning a lot from doing the podcast with Austin Eckler every week. Mm-hmm. But uh, this past episode, when he talked at the top about, like, oh, yeah, you know, I got this going on. I got this going on. I got this going on. I got this going on with, like, neck, show, you know, all this different stuff he's listening off. I'm like, by the way, like, none of that is – there's no Roto-World blurb on, like, your neck injury, you know what I mean? But, like, that's – it's just all these guys are dealing with stuff. And, I, you know, it's just a good – I'm glad you brought that up, Frank, because it's just a good reminder that, like, it always be, like, keeping your mind open. You have no idea what these dudes are, are going through, right, and stuff like that. I mean, give me a break. I'm walking around here with, like, a, the sniffles or whatever during during fall, winter season in, in L.A., and I'm like, oh, I can't – oh, my sniffles. Yeah, so, I mean, it's always a good thing to, to talk about there. There's been a lot of talk, Frank, on both sides of this game. You know, uh, the, the Chiefs are chirping back at the Bengals. Bengals chirp, chirping back at the Chiefs. The aforementioned Jamar Chase, I think, uh, actually said to Justin Reed, the Chiefs' safety, like, you want to put money on, like, uh, covering me or something like that? Or T. Higgins, something? I don't know. It was, it was Don't a call thing it Calvin Ridley, man. Don't call it like uh, Calvin yeah, Ridley. Yeah, be careful there, Jamar. Uh, we'd love to see you be playing for uh, for a long time here. Not, uh, not missing any uh, suspension, anything like that. But you wrote on the outline, any Chiefs balance in this game? You know, Dalton and I talked a lot yesterday about the Bengals' run defense, uh, you know, how good they are when DJ Reader plays, uh, you know, and and Isaiah Pacheco. I think Pacheco's look pretty good, but obviously he's not getting, like, the full workload opportunity in the passing game that we'd love from our fantasy backs. 
Yeah, and I think this is all very interesting towards the game itself. I mean, the outcome, and I'm on the Bengals too. I'll be on the money line. I think they just they're not scared of the Chiefs by any means. And you just wonder at some point, like Mahomes is Superman. Like this whole, and I, I made this comparison before. I think Scott texted me about it that Nikola Jokic in the NBA won the last two MVPs. And there was absolutely no question in anybody's mind who the best player in the world was. It's Giannis. Same with Mahomes. Mahomes hasn't won MVP since 2018. If you ever thought that Mahomes wasn't the baddest dude on the planet, a quarterback, you're just mistaken. Like, he is that guy, and he's going to win another MVP this year. But you need some balance. And, I, I, you know, we're all uh, forward thinkers, and we all love the passing game and all that kind of stuff. But I do have that in my old school mentality a little bit that you can't just pass it every single down. You need something. Isaiah Pacheco, I think has been good, but not great. I don't know if he's the guy, especially against, like you said, a very good Bengals run defense. That's going to keep them kind of balanced where it's not just Mahomes throwing 68 times or whatever he threw early in the season against the Titans. I really want to see that if the chiefs are going to win a super bowl this year, I think they're going to need Pacheco to kind of emerges that dude. At least it could keep defenses honest. I don't know if that's going to happen in this game. And that's one reason I, I, I'm on the Bengals. I think that they're just, this is going to be a really unbalanced game for the Chiefs. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best thing for them. Mahomes, he's awesome, obviously. But you need something else to go with him. I mean, I'm feeling the Bengals right now. Uh, I, I like your call here about them, you know, taking this game straight up. Uh, I, I loved the. I think it was Zach Taylor in the in the locker room after uh, their last win. Like, oh, you know, everybody's talking about our schedule and how hard it is. Murder, ro- murders row schedule. You know what? Well, those teams got to come play us. Like, I I really like uh, the vibe <laughs> like around that. the Bengals right now and everything, man. So uh, I love Jamar Chase coming back in this one. I think if I still if I have Pacheco on like a fantasy team, I'm probably still playing him unless I've got like two three better options. But I agree that I think he's like an X factor for them down the stretch. Let's move on to the next game here, AFC West battle. Chargers at Raiders. Frank, I'll start with you. You wrote on the outline, Josh Jacobs show. However, little dealing with the calf injury. Any concern about that heading into, I mean, just an absolute cakewalk of a matchup. I mean, the dude put up 303 last week, if I remember right, from scrimmage. And he gets <laughs> yes. a better matchup this week. Come on. Like, uh, the Chargers, I, 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 I will say, I think the Chargers win. I, I'm concerned about this line. Like, it's so easy. Like, why, why wouldn't I pick the Chargers in this game? But I wonder if it's because they are going to be able to stop Josh Jacobs. I have no, I have little doubt that he plays. I think last time we saw him on a football field, he was running 86 yards for a touchdown. I think he's going to be right. okay. Like, I think he's fine. So I think if, if Jacobs has that game again, I mean, he's, he's, he's easily the running back one this week in fantasy. He's been awesome. I was totally wrong about Josh Jacobs before the season. I think I got thrown off by them not picking up his fifth-year option, by them playing him in the Hall of Fame game, which we all talked about for a week. I was like, you know, he's always been all right. He's fine. He's not great. He's been great this year. He is absolutely – we talk about league winner. We throw that around way too much. Josh Jacobs was absolutely a league winner. And assuming he plays, I think he does really well. But I still think the Chargers find a way to win this game. But I I don't know how they slow down Josh Jacobs because their run defense stinks. It is bad. And and Brandon Staley still hasn't fixed it. If you look at the Yahoo MVPs, where the players who show up the most on the top 500 Yahoo publicly teams, far and away, Josh Jacobs is at the top of that list. And then it's a big gap to Travis Kelsey, and it's a big gap to everybody else. That said, if we were redrafting now, or if I was in some kind of guillotine league and I could pick off somebody's roster, the guy I would want is Austin Eckler. And, and the reason why is he has 25 more targets than Christian McCaffrey, who's number two at running back targets. He just gets <sighs> so many cheap throws. 
And the passing game, obviously, look, Allen's been hurt. Williams has tried to come back. He's been hurt. The players behind those two guys are solid, but they're not real difference makers. They're, they're just kind of complimentary guys. I think the Chargers probably missed an opportunity to add a receiver at the trade deadline. You would think they would sign somebody or draft somebody next spring. Not the ideal support cast. So they're set up where Eckler, I feel bad for anybody who's going up against Eckler because I feel he's going to catch six to eight passes. I also whiffed on Jacobs for every reason that Frank mentioned. So, um, you know, I've been taking the L on that. Andy Barron's is dining out on his Josh Jacobs love preseason. <laughs> Enjoy that victory lap, which is, you know, been as lo- longer than... Um, Longer than the Simpsons, I think, is is that victory lap running, but that's okay. He was right. It, it's <laughs> so right. easy. It's so easy to be wrong in fantasy that I don't mind when people feel great when they're right. But um, I wish I had Austin Eckler not only on my podcast, but I wish I had him on all my fantasy rosters. I think he's going to be a cheat code the rest of the year because the Chargers need him to play that way. And even though I don't know how the Chargers are going to stop stop Jacobs, maybe they're just not going to. But the Raiders, yeah, they've won two overtime games in a row. Feels kind of lucky. My pick is the. Chargers to win this game outright and to cover them a small number. Uh, just real quick from both of you guys, just because Jacobs is dealing with a calf injury, like just in case he he misses this game or, you know, aggravates it mid-game, you know, knock on wood. Um, but is Amir White a guy that fits into this group of what we talked about with TDP at the top? Like a, a dude that you want to have on your roster just in case there's anything. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you. I guess. I mean, he could be something. It could be well, a, full, a full-throated, a full-throated <laughs> endorsement of that Samir White. It. That's basically what the name Samir White gets brought up. That's a correct reaction. Yes. Well, you know, as great as Jacobs has been, I don't, I don't like the the Josh McDaniels offense. Mike McDaniel, right. yes. Josh McDaniels, no. I think Carr's been okay. I like, I like Derek. Carr. I like that Derek Carr cares so much. I wish the, some yeah, of same. that caring would trickle down to maybe the rest of the roster, but. Um, my, my colleague and friend, Mike Salfino t- called him, he compared him to the Stillwater line where he's a, he's a mid-level quarterback struggling with harsh, the harsh limitations in the face of stardom. You know, that's kind of who Derek Carr is, but if Jacobs goes down, I'm not sure there's a right answer in this backfield. So I, I did, I did put in a couple of token bids on Samir why I didn't get them and it didn't really affect my mood for the rest of the day. I, I, that's exactly it. Like I, I have, I have Samir White in a few dynasty leagues and I'm sitting there looking at him like, is he even going to be a thing next year if Jacob signs elsewhere? Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard for me to believe that either. Let's say Jacobs gets hurt in this game. Doesn't play in week 14. Hard for me to believe that Zamir white goes from being an absolute positive non-factor to somebody you'd want to start in fantasy. So I, I get it again. League construct matters. Deep league depends what's on waivers and how many dead spots he got that you could fill. Uh, but I wouldn't hold out any hope for him being relevant this season. Maybe not next season either. Yeah, I think well, I think that's fair, right? Because I think this isn't exactly what we talk about with like um, you know, the dudes like in in San Francisco. That's a rushing ecosystem we want to buy in on. I think right. this rushing game has been great because Josh Jacobs has been great. Yes. So I think he's a guy you can stash, but he's not like he's certainly not in the Alexander Madison group of like, oh, you better have that guy on your roster just in case there's an injury type of situation. Okay, we'll move on. Next game, Jets at Vikings. Vikings are three-point home favorites. Uh, Scott, I, I want. You, are you going to sing this? Are you going to sing this line here uh, for for Mike White? No, you're not. Uh, no, Mike nobody White? wants me to sing. Nobody wants me to sing. Yeah, I have it in the script. There goes my hero. You know, watch him as he goes. Of course, that song. The 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 punchline to that is that he's he's ordinary. Actually, um, in the Foo Fighters song, I don't know if it's the punchline, but the the final takeaway it took me a long time to figure out that's what Dave Grohl was singing. But I just figured it out four seconds ago. When yeah, you there you go. So. He's ordinary. Well, look. Nobody wanted to, nobody missed Zach Wilson last week, right? And I, I just got excited when 
when Mike White threw that slant to Garrett Wilson, the second play of the game, Garrett Wilson had a tiny bit of separation. It was a small window, but it's the throw you want a competent quarterback to hit. And White just ripped it. Wilson caught it. First down. Jets went down, scored a touchdown. And you pretty much did whatever they wanted. Yeah, the, the Bears are awful on defense. But you know what? The Vikings secondary is really, really bad. They just gave Mac Jones the best game of his career on Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. So this, this team can't cover much. And the Jets, we've said it all along. They have talent. Garrett, Garrett Wilson, special player. Elijah Moore, you know, welcome back. Only a couple targets, but he caught both of them. He scored a touchdown. Tyler Conklin, revenge game. In a year where tight end is ugly, Tyler Conklin's the top 10 tight end for me. I'll play Mike White proactively in DFS as a second quarterback. I, I know he was on your bold predictions sheet this week, Matt, and, and I'm with you. I, and maybe it's just because the quarterback play has been so poor around the league. It's obviously been poor with Zach Wilson that I would love it if Mike White can just be, if he can just be like a little Ryan Fitzpatricky or something like that. Just you know, don't be a, get down there, sling it. If you throw one to the other guys every once in a while, I don't care. Just yeah, give the offense a chance to believe, you know, and you, you just see there's a pep in the jet step last week because they didn't have to go down and any play. It's like a golf. I always say a golf shot. You know, it's, if you don't commit to a golf shot, it's dead before you strike it. If you, know, when you start Zach Wilson, it's like you're dead before the game. Even you're drawing right. dead. There's no outs yeah. with Zach Wilson, you know? So it was just nice to see the jets have some hope. We know they have a great defense. And again, the Vikings, I call them a decal defense. Cause you always think, Oh, the Vikings, Mike Zimmer, you know, they play good defense. Well, Mike Zimmer's gone. His last defense was bad. This defense is just as bad. I know they're cruising to a division title, but Mike White's throwing for three bills again this week, and you want a piece of it. I agree. Hmm, interesting. I, and that's the thing. I was. I, I think I said this with Charles on the you pod to win the game Sunday night, where I'm sitting there watching that game, and this thought struck me after their first drive that the best five Jets passing plays I've seen since like week three were all on that drive. Like it just the right. the night and day difference was unbelievable. Now I will say. Mike White was facing the Bears defense, who cannot stop a nosebleed right now. They have they were not only just the trades they've made, but guys who are out with injury. That defense is awful. We'll get to the Packers in a bit. But just the upgrade, no matter what Mike White is, the upgrade from Zach Wilson is really stunning. It is incredibly stunning. And look, I, I've, I've had trouble with this game as far as handicapping it. Like, who do I like in this game? But I think I'm going to end up on the Jets just because like you said, they have they have that pep in their step. They feel reborn. Like they they feel like we can compete now. We're not we're not dragging along this offense. Like Mike White can at least give us something. So I and, and like look, the Vikings defense gave up 382 to Mac Jones. I don't think Mac Jones just suddenly like it clicked for him. Like I think I think the Vikings defense, that's what's gonna keep them from being really a Super Bowl contender. So I yeah, I, I just the Jets offense all of a sudden is interesting, at least. I don't know how great it's going to be. I don't want everybody freaking out about Mike White because, again, Bears defense, but it's night and day. It, it, they were absolutely the worst quarterback team in the league before. And now what? They're middle of the road? Well, that's a pretty big upgrade. Yeah, keeping the train on the tracks. That's what they just need Mike White to do. What we talked about with like Jimmy Garoppolo and Tua yeah. earlier, mm -hmm. this offense comes from the same tree. It's set up for the quarterback to succeed, as long as I've said this a couple times, as long as the quarterback is a normal NFL quarterback, Zach Wilson, not a normal NFL quarterback. Mike White, normal NFL quarterback. Um, now it's just how much can he, uh, you know, can he continue to string good games together? I think he can, especially in good matchups like this. Uh, we didn't talk about the Vikings at all, but either of you guys worried that, like, I, I know it's a it's a 1 p.m. Eastern game. You know, nobody's going to be watching it. Those are usually the times Kirk Cousins really shines. But this is a tough matchup for old Kirk. Really a lot tough. of pass rush. Uh, you know, Quinn and Williams have been balling out this year. A lot of the dudes up front have been balling out for New York. This is also the type of defense that typically gives Kirk Cousins a lot of trouble. 
yeah, I think it's it's a it's a tough matchup for Kirk Cousins for sure. And the one guy I wonder about is Justin Jefferson. I mean, Sauce Gardner is everybody's rookie of the year. And I get Justin Jefferson is in your lineup. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. But I just, is he on such a higher plane right now that it just doesn't matter? He's going to put up 118 points against his Jets defense, or 118 yards against his Jets defense. I don't know. Like, it's really going to be interesting. Uh, you know, not that you're benching him, but yeah, I think this is a tough matchup for Kirk. And I, I think I said, I, I got the Jets plus three. I'm interested to see what you have to say about that, Scott, because I've been going back and forth and you've been the hot hand all season. You, you on the Jets too? Yeah, I took the Jets, although at plus three, I feel like there's been a big adjustment. You know, they're treating these two teams as even, which may have sounded silly like a month ago. So I don't like the, the fact that I'm kind of buying high on the Jets, but yet I did take the points. I also think this is a game, uh, this is right out of the Salfino notebook. The Jets will probably concede Minnesota whatever they want to do with Hawkinson. I, whatever Hawkinson's reception prop is, if it's you know four and a half or four or something like that, I'm going to go over on that. I can see seven catches for mm-hmm. Hawkinson in this game. And I give Minnesota credit. When you acquire a pass catcher in the middle of the year, a lot of times you think, okay, it's a next year play. I don't know how quickly we'll get this guy acclimated. TJ Hawkinson looks, I think, better than he's looked at any point during his Lions career. So good on you, Minnesota, for getting Hawkinson in the circle of trust. He'll have a big game here. I can't wait to watch Sauce Goddard against Jefferson, but I could only take the Jets in the points. All right, next game up, Jaguars at Lions. I mean, whoo, what an exciting uh, finish for Trevor Lawrence there last week, Frank. Um, I, uh, I, I just love seeing him have a signature moment like that, man. That was that was great for a guy in Trevor Lawrence who's kind of struggled in those end-of-game moments. Great to see Trevor Lawrence there put that together, uh, Frank. Uh, he he was great, made some ridiculous throws, came through. Best game of his career, I think, easily. But I just want – like, we're so quick to be like, Trevor's arrived, Trevor's arrived, here he is. Because we want that. We want these – yeah, big time prospects to be stars because the NFL is better when that happens. I just don't know. I, I need to see it week after week. And now he's he has he has had a few good games in a row. But I just wonder if we're going down this road with the Jaguars again, where it's like here they are, they've arrived, they're great, and then they face plant. I'm on the Lions in this game. I'll tell you that. I, I think the Lions are. I think this line has been way overcorrected. Lions on. You know, they've had the long break after Thanksgiving. They almost beat the Bills. I think they're playing really, really hard for Dan Campbell. But I just, Trevor Lawrence is good. I don't know that I trust him yet. I I know the talent is there, but we've done this before with him. I want to get, you know, three, four, five good games in a row where I'm like, okay, now I can trust him. Now I'm good. I'm not there with him yet. I I know the talent's there. Looked great last week, but uh, I've fallen for this before and I don't want to do it again. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. Uh, it just seems it does seem like an exciting game. And on the other side of it, like Jaguars defense, especially in the sec- the secondary is really struggled. By the way, they, they are spending a ton of money on a secondary that's not giving them a lot of great production. So I love <laughs> right. I love the core dudes. Like, obviously, I'm on Ross St. Brown. You know, DJ Chark got back out there. I think he like makes for an interesting deep, deep, deep play. You know, Dalton's all over Jared Goff this week, uh, so that that should definitely be an exciting watch. And even for Jamal Williams, I know the Jaguars' run defense has statistically been okay, but it's like nobody cares about that with Jamal Williams. Like the the thing is, if they can move the ball through the air, somebody gets tackled at the one yard line, Jamal Williams <laughs> gonna pop that thing in for another touchdown. Like oh, I think no, all the Lions bad. guys on the other side are great starts, like the core dudes. Scott, you noticed I didn't mention somebody when it comes to the core dudes for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, uh, this is like an SAT question with DeAndre Swift, and, and I don't know why we have to go over this on Twitter every week. His last five weeks, touches since the injury, 9, 8, 7, 5, and 10. 
So if you're taking the SATs, the next number in that sequence is not 17. It's not 15. <laughs> it's going to be eight again. Okay. And stop complaining about DeAndre Swift. The Lions have told you either they're worried about him being hurt or not being able to handle a heavy workload, or they just don't think he's as good as maybe they thought when they drafted him. Whatever it is, it's happened too many weeks in a row. This line, I thought, was disrespectful to the Lions. They had won, what, three games in a row, I think it was. They get yep. Buffalo yeah. all they could handle. They easily could have won that game. I always feel like Campbell does a couple of screwy things strategically every week, but whatever. They gave Buffalo all they can handle. Buffalo's a good team, so we get that. Extra rest. I'm, I'm, look, I'm all for Jacksonville. I, I actually, I think I'm just a tiny bit more excited about this recent Lawrence play than Frank is. I, I do need Lawrence on a couple of fantasy teams, so perhaps there's some wish casting involved. But I thought Detroit should have been the standard two and a half or three point favorite in this game. I don't understand why they're not. The line is asking you just to pick a winner. I'll pick it. It's going to be Detroit. Just don't get mad when DeAndre Swift has seven touches because that's what he's going to have. The 51 and a half over under was the thing that really stood out to me. Like I can easily see this game being, you know, 33, 30, like on, it could be a big time, uh, big time explosive offensive outing for both teams. I just wish I knew why the Swift thing was happening. Like I get it's happening. Like there's no turning back now, but every time he touches the ball, it seems like he's running for seven, eight yards at least. Like I still think he's a good player. I don't know why. I don't know why the Lions coaching staff doesn't like him. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I think they like Jamal Williams. I think I think right, maybe they really that's like what maybe Jamal Williams it. gives them. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It is definitely a bit of a brain pretzel. But as Scott says, no more complaining. Just accept the pattern. Love to see it. All right, next game up. Tennessee Titans at Philadelphia Eagles. Scott, I'm going to start with you on this one because uh, I want to hear what you have to say about a certain rookie wide receiver. Yeah, Traylon Burks, right? I mean, it's common to see rookie skill players pop late in the season. Um, it can be running back sometimes, it can be wide receivers sometimes. Look what Watson's doing for Green Bay. Pickens yeah. is spreading his wings a little bit in Pittsburgh. Garrett Wilson's kind of been good all year, and it's only been the quarterback play that's held him back. Burks, of course, couldn't play for a while, Traylon Burks. He's back. He's going to be at the top of their target tree. I know they're going to throw it, what, 28, 32 times, whatever. This isn't the Eric Coriel Chargers or the Grace Show on Turf or anything like that, but he's at least the guy we expect to be targeted and the elite fumble recovering skills, right? I mean, that play, I love that design play they ran last week. It's like, okay, Derek, Derek Henry. Traylon Burke's the- first touchdown bet, baby. I still, That's feel, I still feel bad that that was, uh, that was the way he scored his first touchdown. I don't touchdown. feel bad. Like- Schwab's cashing a ticket on the first touchdown. Well, yeah, yeah. 11-1, Traylon Burke's first touchdown bet was the luckiest bet I've ever made in my life, by the way. <laughs> That's Go a on. one-outer, and, and good for you, man. Yeah, it's like hitting a straight flush and winning a bonus promotion. Also, for anybody who's watching my video today, I am in the Sunfield today. I am Dwight Evans. I am Mookie Betts. Um, I should have worn my eye black. Um, so there you go. Um, you look. You look very, um, very, you know, saintly. You know, maybe even perhaps deity like Scott. Yeah, you know, wow. the, the light yeah, is shining really on. Really hey, the I light has been I, shining on your picks lately. So there I just you hope go. I can yeah. see. I just now hope I can see. Now we understand. 40, I just hope I can see in forty-five <laughs> minutes. But Traylon Burks <laughs> is a proactive pick for me. Um, and, and you know, Ryan Tannehill. He's probably the quarterback who gets spoken about the least because he's not a star and he's not a stiff and he's not driving Tennessee into a ditch. He was hurt for a while and the Titans couldn't throw the ball at all. They basically gave up on it. It's amazing. They got to overtime against Kansas City with an offense that couldn't complete a pass to wide receiver. I don't want to be hard on Willis. He wasn't expected to play this year, so it's no surprise he wasn't ready. But uh, Burks is somebody I have in my 20s at wide receiver. I think I'm the highest in Yahoo on him. I'm going to play him proactively, and, and you know, I actually need him on a couple of teams. But I feel comfortable he'll get over 70 yards or a touchdown, maybe both of those things, week 13, a classic case of a rookie player, more like a second-year player at the end of his first season. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that Burks looks good. He's winning in the ways you'd expect Traylon Burks to win, which is get him going on go routes, man. Get him winning in contested situations. I mean, not too. This is a tough matchup, right? The Eagles uh, secondary is good, but Burks, he's not freaky in the same way that Christian Watson is, but he can certainly crossing routes against zone coverage like that's the Traylon Burke special so he can definitely rip a couple of plays he looks in that the part regard. he looks he passes that test where yeah he really does if you tell me like you know remember the the Rams took who's that awful receiver the Rams took at like ninth overall two two at oh oh no, well, Tavon Austin Tavon Austin right well they're not two 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 like an even smaller version of Tavon Austin. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's impossible. My my problem with like somebody like Tavon Austin was that you could watch them practice and and say, well, hey, guess which one of these receivers was the first round pick? And you'd never come up with Tavon Austin. When you yeah. watch Traylon Burks, he looks like, oh yeah, this guy must have been an early pick. I, he he shows, he flashes, he passes the eye test. So um man, you know, I feel like I'm in the Indianapolis dome where they have that that sun coming in. <laughs> Dallas has it sometimes. <laughs> Where the sun's coming in, and I'm like, why? Why do they want their team blinded? You know, why don't you just cover up the roof? I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on that. On that, I'm going to see if the the retractable roof is not working in the Pianowski office today. But we'll we'll work on that. Um, Frank, I want to hear uh, your thoughts on this game, and and you know, a lot of it is on the Eagles' side. Like, you, you think you're spying some issues here for uh, the best team record wise in the NFL? Yeah, and I hate to do it because it's it's just dumb to kind of nitpick a ten and one team, right? And it's a team that, hey, I got the receipts. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year out of the NFC, and they've certainly done well by me on a lot of my futures already. But you look and I, look, they they ran the heck out of the ball against the Packers. That was impressive. Yeah, but I do wonder what has happened really to their passing game. Maybe it's AJ Brown throwing up so often he blows out a, an eye vessel or whatever he his deal was last week at gross uh but i think a lot of it's, it's, every year it. every year aj brown's got like a uh right like, a, you know an, a throwing up he like loses 10 pounds during the like, season last year with like, like the chipotle thing he does it again this yes. year what is he what we, we just talked about Tavon austin remember the story about Tavon austin like jeff fisher got on his ass about like only eating two bananas uh, before practice oh, or whatever yeah, yeah, right. and like that's who right. somebody needs to that. talk to aj brown about his diet <laughs> Yeah, really. But I, so, I, but I do think a lot of it's Dallas Goddard. I, I just I didn't realize how much of their passing game was funnel that funneling through him. But he just takes away a lot of attention over the middle. It just hasn't been the same. And I also wonder for this game specifically, the nobody really noticed it last week because they ran for three hundred sixty three yards. I think, but their run defense again was a problem. Yep. It has been a problem since Jordan Davis has been on IR, and now you're facing Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's been in a slump. Three straight weeks hasn't done much, but I really think he gets a go in this week. I'm that's the reason I'm on the Titans plus four and a half. Uh, other than the fact that the Titans always cover games they shouldn't cover, like I'm like, how in the heck are the Titans going to cover? And then they do. Interesting here was what Scott's side is on this because I'm on the Titans because I just think there's a few things a little off with the Eagles. They're not bad. They're really really good, but just off enough that I'll take the Titans in the points. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would. I know they didn't cover last week, but I would follow Mike Vrabel into a burning building. And I think everybody mm-hmm. so agrees. So would his players, by the way. Yeah, yeah, so would his players, which is really important. And I think this the consensus is the NFC has three teams have separated themselves, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the 49ers. If the Eagles don't get a healthy Dallas Goddard back, and they're hoping to have him back soon, he may be a fantasy playoffs factor. But if they don't have a healthy Goddard in January, I, I feel that they are certainly, and I know they may end up with the number one seed, but I would bet on the Niners or the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl before the Eagles, unless Goddard is right in playoff time. I agree. 
tight end screens, huge, huge in the offense with uh, Dallas Goddard in there, and they've had He's nobody so else. He's so good. good and, you know, it's funny, too, with Goddard. His efficiency and his usage, it's so much like A.J. Brown in Tennessee, where it's like, oh, my God, his per opportunity numbers are through the roof. Why can't he get eight to ten targets a week? And remember, forever, Titans would be like, oh, yeah, A.J. Brown's great. Here, here are your six targets. Have fun. You know, and I, and I feel like this has been a little bit of that with Goddard. It's like, man, he's so good on an efficiency standpoint. Why not give him a little bit more work? Yeah, they just got a lot of good players in that passing game. Yeah, All right. True. Time to take a quick break. When we come back, we got to slog through uh, a not as appealing slate of games than what we talked about before this. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, we're back. Steelers at Falcons. Uh, Frank, we talked about Arthur Smith a lot in the pre-show uh, meeting here. <laughs> you know, why you say, why can't he uh, get the ball to his best players? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't figure Arthur Smith out, man. I know we both were struggling with that prior to taping the show today. I, I literally can't tell you if he's a good coach or a bad coach. I don't know. I, he could be either one. Like you could, he has had this team playing so much better than its talent level. So I got to give him credit for that. But then he does it's just such weird things. And maybe it's just a Mariota thing that he can't get the ball to anybody. But yeah, Mariota stinks. I mean, he sticks. He, he's just, he's just, they probably should play. De they probably would be playing Desmond Ritter if they were worse this year. But they had these hopes of still winning that division, which because the Buccaneers can't run away with it. But you go I guess from, we can blame we can blame Tom Brady for this. Uh, right. Why, yeah. blame, blame Tom. <laughs> blame Giselle at some point, too. Uh, but we go from complaining about Kyle Pitts not getting the ball to I'm just going to start complaining about Drake London not getting the yep. ball. Since week three, basically the end of September, he has not had one good game. And we know the talent is there. We saw it those first three games. We are like, okay, whoa, so this good. guy's going to be a difference maker like all the rest of these rookie receivers we just talked about. And he's just fallen off the map. And even without Pitts, they haven't really gotten him involved in it's like, I know that I can't get the Arthur Smith quote out of my head that's almost going to be infamous with him about, like, we're not playing fantasy football here. We're trying to win games. You know what? Getting a ball to Drake London is going to help you win games. I'm sorry. Like, that. Th th this is not rocket science here. I, I just don't know. I don't know what the heck is Arthur Smith's problem with getting the ball to his playmakers. Uh, it's just, it's befuddling to me. I'm on the, I'm actually on the Steelers here because I just think that they're playing a little bit better and I just, I don't know. I don't know where the Falcons offense comes from. So who leads the Falcons in receiving yards, uh, Frank? Uh, probably Zacharias, right? Yeah, Zacharias, am, am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Am I Zacchaeus, the whole meeting Zacchaeus. Yeah. Zacchaeous, yeah. Zacchaeous, Zacchaeus. Yeah. Well, um, I never get their, his name he's right. He's their guy. Oh, God. Like, you can get the ball to him. Can't get the ball to the eighth pick of the draft? Can't what are we doing Kyle here? Can unlock Drake London. Oh, yeah. Arthur so Smith, man. So frustrating. The package handlers having all sorts of problems. I am hoping, like, I don't wish injury on anybody. But if Najee Harris wants to just take a personal week off, I want to see Jalen Warren play. And Jalen Warren said Wednesday that he's been cleared by the doctors. We'll see what that means on Friday. We'll see what it means on Sunday. Falcons defense, bad. Falcons run defense, bad. 
Pickett's played better in recent weeks, but they don't want to throw the ball, you know, 70, 80% of the time. They want a balanced offense. And look at the yards per touch numbers between Harris and Warren. They're just night and day getting a lot of Trent Richardson vibes with Najee Harris. So I'm excited. And again, this is a little bit built out of desperation in that Charles Robinson league. I need Jalen Warren to play <laughs> down the stretch because I have a running back room that's like a repurposed electrical closet. It's awfully ugly in there. It's dark. It's cold. Even the cats won't go in there anymore. It's just, you know, so I don't, you don't tell me your problems. Maybe you don't want to hear mine, but I'm hoping Jalen Warren plays this week. I did take the Falcons only because – who are the Steelers to be spotting points on the road to somebody, but not with conviction. I will not be risking any of my hard-earned Yahoo cash on this game. Yeah, Jalen Warren, great example of why you want to stash these backup running backs, right? And uh, I, I agree. Najee looks like a guy that needs a, needs a couple weeks off anyways. I mean, he's been hurt. He was hurt in the summer, right? He's probably just yeah. been hurt. I th- I'm sure we're going to get like the he's never healthy t- a report uh, with Najee Harris in the offseason. All right, next game up here, Packers at Bears. Frank? Are we going to get Justin Fields this week? And if we do, what state will he be in? Yeah, and I think it's going to be one of those things where they just keep us guessing until game time. And I I usually think that's dumb from coaches, but it makes sense here because your game plan for Justin Fields is totally different than your game plan for Simeon or Nathan Peterman's name for like 20 (laughs) minutes when we were doing a live show (laughs) on Sunday came up. It was unbelievable. Worth it, worth it, worth it. Thank you, Trevor Simeon, for (laughs) allowing us to pull in the oblique and allowing us to have that little moment. Also worth it because anybody who liked the Jets probably doubled down and put a little bit more money on the Jets. And then they ultimately... Although a little bit scary moment that the Bears had a brief lead and the Jets, you know, ran away from them in the second half. So we felt good about that. But by the way, you you talk about coaches. I'll let Frank get back to the Bears in a second, how they want to keep us guessing and they they don't tell us the truth. One one thing about Jalen Warren, Mike Tomlin is one of the few coaches in the NFL who I feel like is a straight shooter with injuries and with usage and stuff like that. He's not one of these, oh, I'm going to trick everybody. I'm going to play gotcha with you. So I think you'll have I think you'll have a clear picture of what the Steelers plan to do before that game kicks off. And it's a more reason to have Warren on your roster. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. And uh, getting back to the Bears, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday morning, Matt, that I think even if Justin Fields plays down down the stretch, they have to cut back on his designed runs. This season is lost yeah. for them. Fields is hurt. What's the point in running 12 times a game on designed runs with him? I just, and and that takes away so much of his value, obviously. And no Darnell Mooney, so he's not going to make up for it in a passing game. Yeah. I was stunned by this line earlier in the week when it was less than four with the Packers, four, about minus four at the Packers. What gives me any reason to believe the Bears are going to win this game? I get the Packers haven't been good. I get Aaron Rodgers might not play. But if it's Jordan Love, I'll still take the Packers. I think the Packers blow out the Bears here, even if Justin Fields plays. Because, again, I think Justin Fields, for the rest of this season, if you have him and you're hoping he's going to drag you through the playoffs to a championship, well, I don't think it's going to be the same Justin Fields. Because, again, this coaching staff has to be smart and say, what's the point in us running this guy over and over and over? He's got a separated shoulder already or dislocated, whatever it is. They're not going to put him in harm's way. They're going to be smart with him, I think. I honestly don't think he plays this week. And if he does, I just think it's going to be a compromised version of Justin Fields. Yeah, I completely agree. He's not there as a drop back passer either. Like we've saw that earlier in the season before they started mixing up the offense. So I I'd see no upside to having him play in this game. Plenty upside though on the Packers side, Scott, because it, we've talked about the Bears defense. They stink. We talked about Christian Watson. Um, you know, just even having Watson out there, man, makes such a difference because you can tell when teams do not respect receivers and you could tell by the way they play certain teams Watson, regardless of what you think of him as like a 
like what his ceiling is long term. He's absolutely a dude that scares opposing defenses. Uh, like, and he's a guy you got a game plan for. For sure. I mean, he got there late on Monday night. I get it. Or Sunday night. I forget what night that game was. They all the nights blur together with me now. I guess it was a Sunday night game. But he got there. Six touchdowns in three games, and we've all been screaming for the Packers to hit on a receiver, to draft receivers. Some years, there were great draft classes. They drafted nobody. This year, they went after a couple of guys. Watson looked kind of lost for a few weeks, which is not unusual for a rookie, but it's just nice to see him popping. You know, I'm. it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I Am I yeah. the only one who actually wanted to watch Jordan Love play? I, I no, you're not. <laughs> you're you not. Know. I I want to see what Love's got. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I, I'm you know, what's Love got? Nobody in that organization is telling Aaron Rodgers to take a seat. Like he's just not. Like, no, he's no, play of course he's not. If Rodgers is healthy, he's playing. And of course, they've committed so much money to him. But I originally picked the Bears in this game, not with conviction. I may actually ping pong in some of my pulls back to the Packers because I hate this game. I wouldn't bet a penny on it. You just don't know what you're getting from Fields. But the last time we saw the Packers, their run defense was atrocious. I mean the Eagles ran for 900 yards in that game. Part of that, the Eagles being good. But uh, I wish I had Watson on teams. I, If I had him on a couple of leagues, I'm sure I dropped him early in the season. And again, it's a case of sometimes you have to let the picture develop. And he's three weeks in a row, man. I, you know, what, what, what more proof do you need? I mean, he's in the circle of trust. He has to be like a top 20, 22, 24 receiver right now and somebody I would play with confidence. Uh, Dave Montgomery, I think, makes a good start because of uh, the, the what you mentioned there with the Packers run defense. What an exploitable group they have not had. Th- that has been a problem. They're like Chargers light, or maybe even like the same way. Like they're they're that's a problem every single year. That I, at this point, without Khalil Herbert, there, I feel pretty good about David Montgomery. Uh, remember, the Packers to- defense preseason was supposed to be. This is why I can't. It stand was it yeah. when people do strength of schedule and oh, this team gets all these defenses. <laughs> we, we, there's so much variance. You know, football siders always talks about. Offense is more year-over-year consistent. This year has been a lot of offenses that haven't been what we expected. But there's more variance in defense year-over-year. We thought the Packers had, oh, my God, they got studs all over the place on defense. Their defense is garbage. So bad. It's they uh, how, how Joe Barry still has his job is beyond me. I know. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Hey, Frank, speaking of so bad, next game <laughs> <laughs> Next we, game on. How next is this game, game this high in the rundown? I, I this, yeah. the Broncos should always well, be last. I mean, Broncos, yeah, Broncos. We got, we got, we got yeah, three pretty questionable games after this one too. I mean, the Rams are involved. We, the Rams are involved in oh. a game later. By the way, I tweeted this out. It's one of those tweets that you know, it's, it's I've lost control of it now. Uh, it's getting spread around too much. You know, what, uh, Christmas this year, guys. You know what? One of our presents is going to be Broncos and Rams. Yeah, for know, one of the Christmas games. Unbelievable. That should be a real treat to watch. That's the colon yeah. stocking. Yeah, I did power rankings. The Rams are 32nd on my power rankings now. But um Frank, I Broncos Ravens, uh, I'll give you the first the first throw here. Uh tell me what you like about the Denver offense. Uh, I'm going to be <laughs> yeah, right. Like oh, Russ. Uh it's uh, you know, regardless of how many people show up to his birthday party, it is not an offense I want to watch. It's not an offense I want to have anything to do with. And basically for the rest of the year, I will be just picking against the Broncos. I, I can't I can't with this team anymore. I know the Ravens are getting too are giving too many points here at eight and a half, but there's no way in and in, in the world that I want anything to do with the Broncos. Even in pick 'em pools, anything like that, they're so bad. They're averaging I heard this stat, and I hope it's true. 1.3 touchdowns per game, which is the lowest in a decade in the NFL. They are awful. They are so hard to watch. And it's not, there's no hope. If, if you're starting, even Cortland Sutton, 
if you're starting any Broncos in any fantasy league, uh, you're you're out of it already. Like I can't see how a good fantasy team would start any Broncos at all. It's look, Russ is a guy I invested in. I have a lot of Russell Wilson shares, and all those teams are absolutely dead. Like <laughs> it's just it's it's awful for them. I have nothing good to say about the Broncos. They should fire Nathaniel Hackett right now. There, what, what's the point in holding on the rest of the season? Doesn't do any good. So yeah, nothing good to say about the Broncos, and I. I, I hope I don't get into a position where I have to pick them at any point the rest of the year. I cut Russell Wilson for a backup tight end in a league, and it just it felt, it felt appropriate. I need to, yeah. and Very I improved cathartic, my roster. probably. Therapeutic drop, yep. Yes, Therapeutic the, uh, the, drop. the AI said I immediately improved my roster. Only one Broncos game has gone under, uh, gone over the total this year, despite the fact that they're def- you know, every week the total keeps going lower and lower. I mean, last week against Carolina, it was in the mid-30s which is awfully low for an NFL total, still ends under. The only reason the Broncos even got a touchdown is they called a kind of questionable pass, roughing the passer. First of all, roughing the passer, is Russell Wilson even a passer anymore? <laughs> but they called this questionable fourth fourth and goal from like the 20. The play dies, you know, before it's even snapped, but they they gave him some more. They, they wanted to have a mercy touchdown for the Broncos. What I'm looking at, I, by the way, that said, I respect the Broncos defense and Lamar Jackson, man, there's a big problem here. 12 touchdowns combined in his first three games. One of the MVP front runners and since then he's got eight total touchdowns. I had to look at that twice. And is that really true? He's got eight yep. total touchdowns since week three. Yes. Receiver room. Talk, talk about your electrical closet. I mean, they thought Bateman was going to pop. He got hurt. They had little, very little behind him. Duvernay is really a specialty player. They're, they're rolling out all these retreats and, you know, these secondary ideas. Deshaun Jackson was great at peak. He shouldn't be playing football anymore. I know Demarcus Robinson, nine catches not that long ago, but he's not really a full-time player. Likely getting hurt hurt them. Mark Andrews dropped a touchdown last week. The Ravens offense looks really, it, is it unfixable? I'm not going to say no. Is it? broken right now probably this looks like a game where the ravens all they need to do is score 17 points we know that will beat the broncos you know a couple of weeks ago the ravens had one of those ugly like 13 might have to wins, get to 18 like they might have they might have to get to 18 right <laughs> remember, remember the baker mayfield game is the question is would mayfield play poorly enough for the um, ravens not to cover that's what we're going to see this week okay because I think the Ravens are going to score 17 or 20 points. It's just a matter of can Denver fight back enough. It's probably a 20 to 10 game, a game you'll see very little red zone of. Justin Tucker will nail a couple of field goals, and um, there won't be a lot of fantasy implications. You know, Gus Edwards, just a guy. Kenyon Drake, just a guy. Yeah. Who yeah. I, Right now, I don't think Lamar Jackson is an automatic fantasy play right now. I know this sounds blasphemous because he runs the ball a lot, but where are the touchdowns, man? We need touchdowns. Touchdowns are good yeah. in fantasy. Like, would you start him or Daniel Jones this week? Honestly. I probably start Lamar just because the the ceiling. I would is there, start but, Lamar because yeah, yeah but Jones the, has such a little help down in a really in a really tough matchup. I don't know that Daniel because I have that in the league. That's why I bring it up. It's not a league I'm I'm doing great in, as you can guess. But <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at Lamar Jackson versus Daniel Jones, and I'm like, I guess I got to start Lamar. It wasn't like a oh okay click. No, it was wow. Do I really think about this? I, that's how far Lamar's fallen. If you I play mean, Lamar, you really need that rushing touchdown. You yeah. need it. You need it badly. It's all that's saving him right now. It's been it's been really ugly for that Ravens offense. I, there's no way around that. It's just I can't pick the Broncos. That's about that's about where it comes down to. Fair. Yeah, uh, Rashad Bateman, big difference maker. I mean, uh, I know there was all those concerns about like there's route participation, all that stuff in the first three weeks, but he was 
super efficient, was balling out. And, and as soon as he gets hurt, like the, that's the drop off right there. Week four was the injury. And ever since then, and that might, that's, I think that says something about Rashad Bateman and the dudes that are behind him in that Absolutely. passing game. Like that, that yeah, they, they didn't do well this offseason. Irresponsible they plan. To, yeah. It was, to it was to really be fair, they were the, I think they're the most injured team in the NFL last year. And then this year they've they had injury far. problems too. So the, the injury bug has, and it's just no team is equipped to handle certainly the injuries they had last year. And then this year, I don't think they have any upside. I think the NFL playoffs would be much more interesting if the Bengals win that division. Cause I just can't see Baltimore beating two or three good teams in a row. Uh, we mentioned Daniel Jones just a bit ago, Frank um, next game up here, commanders at giants. Um, you just straight up wrote commanders are frauds on the outline. <laughs> I, it was a little, uh, a little for effect, I guess, but why on earth are the commanders favored in this game? I, I, we talked about, Oh, the giants. Yeah. The, the Giants aren't as good as their record. They're kind of skating yeah. by. Well, you know who else is not as good as their record? It's the Washington Commanders. Like, uh, re absolutely respect to Ron Rivera. I think he's a great coach. I really, really like Ron Rivera, and I always have. I, I know what they're doing is 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 good. Like, I, I'm not saying that they're terrible or anything like that. But this team is is getting by without pretty much any passing game. Their defense is okay. It's not great. They're they're running the ball well. I'll give them that. But why why would they be two and a half point favorites here I, on the road against the Giants, who they have their own issues? Don't get me wrong, and right. teams have figured it out we'll sell out to stop Saquon because you can't beat us in any other way. I don't know why teams didn't figure that out earlier, but I, I'm not saying this Giants team is not flawed. I'm not saying the, the the Commanders are terrible by any way. But the only way I can go with this game is Giants, and they'll just figure out a way. And I think that look, I. Darius Slayton has become like the ultimate flex play, right? Like you, everybody has had a team where you're looking at your lineup and you're like, I got to throw Slayton in there. And he comes up with 12, 13 PPR points. Like he's, I think that he gives him a chance. I think Saquon eventually is going to have a big game and break out of this slump. Uh, I don't think Daniel Jones is an absolute zero at all. I don't like him either. I'll take the Giants here. And I, I think it's good. This is, look, I do playoff projections for Yahoo on Wednesdays. And when it, the first one came out this year, because we usually do it after Thanksgiving, I did it. And you realize really quickly, one of these two teams has to make the playoffs. Like, there's no other way around it. We are going to see one of these two teams in the playoffs, at least maybe both. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I, although, Frank, I think these teams are kind of like mirror images of each other in a way, right? Like, Yeah, they're both I, flawed both Good record, flawed, bad teams. Like, well, they're well coached, like you mentioned. They have yeah. definitely mm -hmm. questionable quarterbacks. Um, you know, Brian Robinson kind of surging right now. You know, no Antonio Gibson. Uh, in in practice. By the way, if Brian Robinson didn't did, did the whole shooting incident didn't happen. I believe he would have won rookie of the year. There's my hot mm. take for you. I think he's. Uh, I, I mean, he's, yeah, I, he's been I good. Think I think really, he gets. Really good. I, I think he gets a little bit too much flack sometimes from from some of the haters like i think he's a pretty good back man and like he got he shot he got shot two months ago like come on let's cut him some slack here the one thing that washington has scott that uh the giants verifiably don't have although i know um frank brought up uh the best receiver from the 2019 class uh darius slayton there uh the the, the washington commanders do have the second best receiver from that class and, and a little bit more passing game talent even if it's not exploited every single week i want to echo that i the Giants are my side too. And I, I think this line should be a standard like Giants minus two, minus two and a half, minus three, yeah. something like mm -hmm. that. These teams just remind me of each other. Flawed, a lot of wins that you can poke holes in. So I don't know why Washington on the road is is favored. NYJ, NYG was the easy pick for me. NYJ too. Terry McLaurin. Okay. I call him and DJ Moore the it's not your fault twins because 
whenever they have a poor game, I'll always blame I know the that reference. Quarter- yeah, I'll, I'll blame the quarterback. Hey, the great Robin Williams. I'll blame the quarterbacks. I'll, I'll blame the play calling. I'll, I'll blame the ticky tack offensive pass interference call that that came down. Whatever it is, I, I love those guys. The last four weeks, Terry McLaurin PPR is uh, I think wide receiver thirty four in points per game, Oof. not getting touchdowns. I, I think we're so happy that Heineke wasn't Carson Wentz. I think we maybe forgot that every pass Taylor Heineke throws looks like a potential pick six. You have to play Terry McLaurin, but uh, and it, to me, he's just like a like wide receiver 30 right now, wide receiver 32, 34. And I don't think it's at all because he can't play. I think it's just the pieces around him aren't good. Yeah, and they're running the ball a lot. They're 32nd in neutral pass rate since uh, in that same stretch that you just mentioned there because it's working for them and they're winning games and Brian Robinson's playing pretty well. So I think Robinson that's was a, outstanding last week, by the way. Man, he was just mm-hmm. a bowling ball. He was just, man, that's how people did not want to attack him. Wow. Tackle him. Wow. 100%. All right, next game up here, we got Browns at. Texans of course we know this will be Deshaun Watson's first start this year uh he spoke to the media today Deshaun Watson is back in the NFL uh Frank you know I think this is although like I know a lot of the talk is going to be about Watson of course for obvious reasons the Texans are the well I don't know there's two really bad run defenses in this game. I know Scott's going to talk about it on the other side, right? But like this, look, to me, again, it looks like a Nick Chubb, like absolutely eruption spot against a team that's been run on more than any other team in the NFL uh, in the Houston Texans. Yeah, and let's get it out of the way. I don't really want to sit here and talk about Deshaun Watson as a football player. Yeah, He's totally. uh, very unlikable, but it, it is what it is. Like, I, I don't blame anybody who's like, I don't care if it helps my fantasy team. I'm not having Deshaun Watson. I do. Cool. I don't got a problem with that. But he's there. I'll stash him in a couple of leagues. I can't lie. So we, let's talk about him from a football aspect. There's one part of me that says this guy has not played a regular season game in 23 months. He got, I think, 12 snaps in the preseason with his new teammates, with his new coaching staff, with his new scheme. He's going to be really, really rusty. On the other hand, this Texans team's quit. Like, they have absolutely quit. They they gave what they had against the Eagles. They covered the spread. God bless them for that. And it has been just awful since then. And they look like a team that's that's ready for its tea times. It looks like a team that want, wants to get Lovey Smith fired. So I believe that the Browns, if, if Watson's up to it, basically, if he's not that rusty, I think they're going to use this game as a, let's get Deshaun Watson going. Let's, even if we're up, 28 to three, we're going to still be passing the ball because Watson needs these reps. If you have Watson, if you've been waiting, DFS, whatever it is, I'd throw Watson right in your lineup. I think that he's going to have a smash spot here. I really do. Maybe that's crazy for a guy who hasn't played in 23 months, but this Texas defense is so bad that I could see that happening. That they, I I get the the Chubb stuff, of course. He's probably going to do really well, but I just see this. When you look at this game, what the Browns want to accomplish in this game, it's probably getting Deshaun Watson going, maybe even to the point of justifying the trade. Oh, look what here's a, you know you guys are hating on Deshaun Watson. Here he is. I, I just think yeah. this is a, a absolute huge spot for Deshaun Watson. I'm on the Browns minus seven. The Texans have just quit. And no, it's not really. It, it, it's hard when when there's such an unlikable guy that that you're using in fantasy. You always feel conflicted. I do, I, I, but yeah. I don't know. If you're gonna play the game, you're gonna play the game. I feel so. Deshaun Watson in my lineups where I got him. Let me counter that a little bit. And you're right. Houston's horrible. They're easily the worst team in the NFL. You could have a long discussion on who the second and third worst team is in the NFL. Houston, far and away, the 32 of 32. I get it. But maybe this is Houston's Super Bowl, right? This is the last game that anybody's going to care. This is the last Houston-Texas game people are going to watch closely. It's for the wrong reasons, of course. 
But me and, and I get it. You know, could it be the revenge game for the defense? A lot of guys in this defense were on the team when Watson was here. They don't have any ties with him, so maybe that it doesn't even apply either. But I feel like this is almost like a primetime game for the Texans and that it's the one time the national media is going to be focused on them. So I think maybe these guys show up for this game on the Houston offense, Pierce milk cart. You were so right, Frank, you know, run away from Houston. Pierce hit a wall. Even last week when they got behind, it was a gumbo wall. I ran in touch at Wisconsin oh, guy and then celebrated so like they just won the Rose bowl. Right. I, know, I mean, so he thought he was in so Pasadena bad. for a minute. Yeah. He really look. And he said back on social media, it's hard to score touchdowns in the NFL. I'll take him at his word. I, I just think when you're down 30 points, you're not allowed to be that happy so on a football bad, field, but maybe I'm old and crusty. I'm yelling at clouds. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I took Houston with the points. I don't like really? it. I uh, ranked mm. Pierce as a borderline starter or maybe even a semi-proactive starter only because Cleveland's, what, 31st and run DVOA. So I think I, I can get Pierce to 10 touches, 12 touches, 15 touches in this game. I think this is the last time Houston shows up. I'm counting on them to put in a performance for three hours, and then it's back to the golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dalton made a pretty bullish case for Damian Pierce, uh, obviously because of the matchup on on the show yesterday. But uh, with Rex Burkhead in concussion protocol and six targets last week for Damian Pierce, like I, I thought that was pretty convincing. And I, I agree. Like this is a this is probably speaking of the last time. This is probably the last time you'll feel like at least moderately okay about Damian Pierce because the next few matchups are like Cowboys, Kansas City, like <laughs> like you said, back to the golf course for Houston uh, after this game for sure. Uh, last game up here before we get to the two uh, primetime games. And we can certainly be quick uh, about this one. Seattle Seahawks at L.A. Rams. Frank, uh, your <laughs> word for word, your note, OMG, Rams might be the most unwatchable team in the NFL. Uh, yes, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's hard. It was hard watching Bryce Perkins lead this offense. And now no Aaron Donald. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe this line is what it is. Yes, there's some sticker shock at Seahawks minus seven and a half. It's actually gone down to seven at Bet MGM. You're like, wow, that's a lot to lay against the Rams. And then you realize this is not the Rams. This is some function of the Rams that's just absolutely nowhere near what they were last year, obviously, because the injuries. I took the Seahawks. I think they win by double digits. Easy. I, I don't know how the Rams win this game or even keep it close. If you have any Rams, even Tyler Higby, all of them drawing dead. Nobody, obviously, in your lineup. I think any Seahawks guy is worth starting because, again, this defense without Aaron Donald is going to be bad. So, yeah, Seahawks minus seven was one of my easy punches of the week, even though it sounds weird to be just like, yeah, Seahawks is a seven-point road favorite. Give me that. I, I just don't I, I don't see any way the Rams keep this close. I did initially pick the Rams with the points, but I may flip-flop on that. It's just a, a home dog catching that many points, but maybe they packed it in. I just recently did the power rankings. The, the Rams were easy, easily team 32. Even Houston, just because of Pierce, I had to rank above, Pierce, above the Rams for fantasy purposes. I just want to point out, and then we can, we can save some time here. Geno Smith, he's not turning into yep. a pumpkin. Five Correct. straight games with a rating over 100. A couple of turnovers the last two weeks. But, I mean, he's not the reason they lost to the Raiders. You know, they, the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed in that game. They used Frank's you know, set a line there. But um, Geno Smith is – if you got to Geno Smith before the season, whether it was to draft him or to feel good about Metcalf or feel good about Lockett, I felt like that was one of the keys to the fantasy season. And it's one of the things I'd like to do over on because Geno Smith's a good football player. Absolutely right. All right, let's move on to oh, a Sunday night game. What a beauty. We got all these great games like 49ers <laughs> Dolphins. We got the we got the Chiefs and the Bengals. Well, too bad you can't get Jerry Jones and his boys off primetime. Colts at Cowboys. Cowboys are 11 point favorites and Scott Armo Alley Cox dreams are are long long since uh put on the back burner, but 
Might another tight end from uh, a school in the Commonwealth of Virginia be ready to break out? Man, you love your Virginia references. I, the problem with the Colts <laughs> is they would start 11 tight ends if they could. Granson couldn't play Monday night. Jelani Woods got on the field and looked terrific. He was one of the few things the Colts had that actually worked on Monday night. I would love for this to be a thing. It's a great tight end drought of 2022 where there's been like one right answer, like three semi-right answers, and everything else is a brick. Unfortunately, if Granson plays, then Woods will probably have one catch for three yards on you know two targets. I mean, remember he had the two touchdown game against the Chiefs, and we thought, here we go. And then for a month, he was in the witness protection program. I'm ho- Woods is a guy who I picked up in some leagues. I won't play him, and I'll decide after the week if I want to hold him into the fantasy playoffs because tight end is so gross. But the problem is we often talk about backfields, right? Can you reduce the backfield from three to two, and then you can, you got something going? That's what the Colts need to do with tight end. They have too many tight ends. They like to use all of them. If we can reduce them from three to two, maybe Woods can have some relevance. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, that would be great. I'd love to see it. Uh, and, you know, Matt Ryan, like that's the only area where he's throwing the ball is short over the middle, that type of stuff. It would make sense to get like that. I mean, Jelani Woods is massive. It, it's crazy watching. Him. It would be man. great to see him. Yeah, just him and and Michael Pittman running those routes over the middle of the field. That that would be enough. Although, my God, that one pass to Michael Pittman gave me life. I was like, oh, right. That guy down the field, you can, you can do that stuff. Um, Frank, Cowboys side of this game, the actual uh, good team in this game. I know you want to talk about the backfield here a little bit. Yeah, I, I, it's just something I've been pushing back on and I've done it too. Okay. The whole, like Tony Pollard needs to be this and that. And everybody making fun of Jerry Jones for saying the Zeke runs the, you know, it steers our ship or whatever. It runs through is. Zeke. Yeah. Yeah. It runs we through we Zeke. go that, with that's Zeke dumb and we get that, but people act like Zeke should just be on the street somewhere. Like Tony Pollard should get 30 carries a game and Zeke should just be dust somewhere. Ezekiel Hill is still a good running back. Very good running back. Like, I I don't think there's any question. Last week, 92 yards on 16 carries. He looks good. Should he be getting more touches than Tony Pollard? No. Tony Pollard is the better back. I get that. But this is the NFL in the modern age. You don't have one running back. You need two. They use both of these guys really, really well. And so I think Ezekiel hate has just gone so far over the top because Probably, you know, probably fantasy is driving this where people want Pollard to have these smash games every week like he has with Zeke out. But real NFL-wise, the Cowboys are very smart to keep Zeke very much involved. He he He's a very good pass blocker. He is a good between-the-tackles runner. He's great at the goal line. He brings a lot to the table. So I just want to push back on the Ezekiel Elliott hate because it just— looking at social media sometimes, you would think that Zeke Elliott is like 35 years old and absolutely washed up and can't do anything when, in fact, he's still probably a top 25 back in the NFL. And so that's pretty much all I got to say, other than I I guess I'm going to have to take the Colts, although I think the Cowboys have been underrated all year. When people talk about Super Bowl contenders and who could win the Super Bowl, the Cowboys haven't come up enough. I think this team is really, really good. I, I played some futures on the Cowboys this week because... They bring everything to the table you want out of a Super Bowl contender, except maybe Mike McCarthy. But I I really like this Cowboys team. But 10.5 is just too much for me in the NFL. I usually lean to double-digit underdogs. Don't know if Scott's on the same side there. But, again, quit hating on Zeke Elliott. He's a very, very good football player who has an absolute role on this Cowboys team. I did take the Colts because the line was so big, but I came really close. I did not rank Dallas number one in my power rankings. I think I had San Francisco number one. I came very close to going with Dallas because they have two running backs yeah. you can play. C.D. Lamb, who's just 23, gets better every year. He was fantastic on Thanksgiving. You know, this offense had like about a month off when Dak couldn't play and they ran a different version of the offense and I get it, but 
you know, CD looks great right now. Schultz is welcome to the season. You're getting a play from Gallup every once in a while, and they have two really good backs. Jake and Ferguson, you, say it on Wisconsin. Come on, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> celebrating in the uh, Salvation Army bucket, but uh, and you know, maybe and Dak has been. By the way, Dak has been awesome. awesome. I don't think that's gotten enough attention. He, he, he is playing. I probably at the highest level of his career. He's getting no talk at all. It's, it's he's such a forgotten mm-hmm. guy because he's not an MVP candidate because he missed too much time, but he's not stinking it up like like seven or eight quarterbacks. But I would love to see Dallas go deep. It would really, and I know they've won one playoff game in like a million years and whatever it is. But uh, it would just be, it wouldn't be fun to have Dallas in the Super Bowl. And I'm not a Cowboy fan at all. But it's just, it's more interesting. I mean, like I hate the Yankees, but baseball's better when the Yankees are good. You know, Um, I'm not, I don't hate the Cowboys, but I'm not a Cowboys fan. And the 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 people, did you guys grow up in in your when you were growing up as a football fan? Like I grew up in New England. And there'd always be somebody who'd be like a Cowboys fan. Cause like, Oh yeah, they're good oh, it, 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 for a good team. Oh, the yeah. Patriots weren't good. I always hated those people, but um, I like, I think the that's NFL's, how I feel about Cubs fans, by the way, but the NFL is better. You know, college football is better when Notre Dame is good, right? Alabama is a great death star for college football. That's, that's a good thing. I think the NFL is better when the Cowboys are good and uh, it's fun. And, and maybe it's just with Zeke and Elliot with uh, Elliot and Pollard. It's just like the baseball thing where like Zeke throws the innings. And then Pollard comes in and he's the electric, like, get six out reliever, you know? But you yeah, don't, maybe you don't want fine. Pollard. I, again, it's fine for yeah. fantasy, but good for real life football. Like, this is, this is, you don't want Tony Pollard getting 25 carries a game, he'd be dust by Christmas. No, like, you, want you want him by the playoffs to be playing his best ball. And the way to do that is giving Zeke Elliott 16 carries sometimes. I, Zeke is still an effective back. Like, people are really like, I don't, I, it's just an overreaction. I, Pollard, I Pollard touched the ball 20 times uh, against yeah. the Giants on Thanksgiving. Like, that's, if you're still, compl- if you're still complaining about the Tony Pollard Zeke stuff, like, you need to get a freaking life. Like, okay, like, you're, you're spoiled. Uh, you're even worse than the Swift people to bring it back to the top. Like, just accept what it is and, like, it's, it's more than fine. All right, last game up here. Not more than fine, the no. NFC South. But we have to talk about it anyways. Monday Night Football, Saints at Bucks. Bucks three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Frank, <laughs> the Saints could still win the NFC South, though, which is just what a disgusting division this is. Yeah, let me go through this real quick. Uh, if the Saints win this game and the Falcons, who are underdogs, lose to the Steelers, the Saints, who are 4-8 and eight right now, will be a half game out of first place. Like, I, I, I don't even know what to say about the NFC South right now. We thought the Buccaneers would at least be good, and they're not. Uh, the Saints are awful, and they're not dead yet. I, I don't know why they keep starting Andy Dalton, but whatever. It's it, it's just a miserable matchup. It's going to be a bad game. I took the Saints in the points. I have no idea how the Saints cover, really, because the Saints bring nothing to the table right now other than Chris Olave. They, they're just a bad team all around. Their defense hasn't been very good. Their offensive line hasn't played as well as it usually has. Quarterback play is bad again. Their skill position got everything about the Saints is bad, including their coach. But I can't take the Buccaneers laying more than a field goal. Why? I, I was on the Browns last week, and yeah, I got a little bit lucky, and Joku's catching all that. But I, I felt good about it all week because who are the Buccaneers to be laying three and a half against anybody right now? Right. I mean, this is the game. This is the exact same primetime matchup last year where Brady lost the MVP, right? The Saints yep. went the Tampa yep. Bay. They shut out the Buccaneers. And the Saints have been Brady and Tampa Bay's kryptonite for the last couple of years. Uh, I hope Lattimore plays in this game because he and Mike Evans will just be going at it, jawing and hand fighting and all that. Probably one of them ejected by the second quarter. Fr- frustrating <laughs> with Mike Evans. You, you get to follow the targets. You get to follow the air yards, but he hasn't been productive. The Saints not benching 
Dalton. I just wonder if maybe Winston's not healthy either. There's a team with no right answer. I think I hate Winston. Honestly, I think I yeah. hate him. I mean, he, what did he say across- a couple of weeks ago? He he was at his locker and he said like I lost my job due to injury and like the by the way like these like the rules are you don't That's lose so your job to injury. I was like okay, Jameis, but like yeah, I don't know. The, seriously, there. the Saints come off as. We would rather get shut out and lose every week than see Jameis for another snap. Like, that's literally how it comes off right now. Yeah. Alvin Kamara should thank the Raiders. They should be on his Christmas list because he has zero touchdowns against the rest of the NFL. <laughs> there a lot of, it's going to be interesting. We talked about Jacobs being heading into free agency. A lot of running backs into that second contract into their late 20s. It's going to be some really dangerous tiptoeing. I, I thought it would be maybe worse this year than it has been. That, that group has actually played fairly well. And again, I got Jacobs wrong. It's a horrible miss, but Alvin Kamara, you know, his season perfectly encapsulated last week, trying to score a touchdown at the one yard line, a game of saints really should have, should have covered, but I don't know how many plays they'd have to run at the goal line to score. Kamara fumbles <laughs> at the one. Of course it goes right into yeah. a waiting 49er. Um, I don't trust Alvin Kamara in the fantasy playoffs. It's Chris Olave or bust this game. I don't know what the total is. I, I've scream screams under, I think 16 points will win this game. Mm. I agree. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's, that's why I can't lay points because it's this game might not reach 30 points total all right betting bros hell of a show by both of you um don't think you totally threw me under uh any sort of mystery clouds and it comes it was to a horrible movie, movie reference show we, we did a very poor job that Matt doesn't understand yeah. we need to do better with that and there's so yeah. many movies Matt doesn't understand that it's just so many. You can go any any different direction, yeah. So many. Hey, but I did finish. I did finish Andor last night, so uh, I'm all caught up on my mm. st- on my Star Wars <laughs> material. So I was I was watching the '88 World Series. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, live, Johnny Chan flops the nuts and has the patience to wait his man out, knowing man out. risk yeah. winning nothing with those cards. He owns yes, them. Exactly. Seidel awesome. doesn't know what hit him. Oh, we live we live that. very different lives fellow fellas we live uh, we live very different <laughs> lives uh, but that is going to do it for us on this episode of the pod for more great insight from this group you can follow scott on twitter at scott underscore pianowski you know maybe he'll just thread all of the movie references i'm never going to understand uh you can follow that there you can also follow frank hell of a company man frank at yahoo schwab you can follow mm-hmm. me at matt Harmon underscore byb oh my god boy young boy has made a return uh the 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 scar that continues to haunt me thank you jj zacharyson for that it's made a rocking return to the twitter sphere this week i wasn't so I'm sure in what complete- that meant i wasn't sure what that byb meant it means back for the for for those curious and, and for you too scott it means backyard banter that was my original oh. nfl mm-hmm. blog that i started back in the day but uh jj zacharyson and denny carter on their podcast living the stream once made a joke that it was boy young boy and um that has continued to haunt me all through these years uh even into my 30s now so shout out to those guys for a hell of a bit it? but yeah Why don't you just change your because handle? But well, for then you lose your verification, and oh, you know, like yeah, you, know, you can so. pay eight dollars to get it back. Don't worry. Is I know, fake, but then I'm one fake of, Matt Harmon. I can follow. <laughs> is there, right? I, I don't want know, man. Like, burner out there. Where is now that? it's now it's just kind of like a now it's kind of a um, it's like a tattoo, you know, like a t- t- tattoo of like a that you regret getting or whatever. It's like yeah, it's there, you know. I'm it's not your gonna, tramp stamp. That's I'm, what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, right. Okay. It's my tramp stamp. It's like, but you know what? At the same time, it's a it's my roots, man. You know, backyard banter. That was a that's the the old blog. It's it's the roots, man. Let's so, face uh, it. If we were drafting Twitter handles, I would I would go with Scott Van Pelt first, who went with not the fake SVP. <laughs> yeah, pretty great stuff. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty awesome. good. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. 
And you know what? It gets all these uh, BYB uh, still gets all these uh, stupid little jokes out of it. So uh, I can't wait to see how many times Tank Williams shoehorns boy, young boy into um, into FFL this week <laughs> as he figured out about it. So anyways, enough of that. All right, boy. Young also, boy. take us out. Yeah. I, yeah, enough of, enough of all that. Uh, while you're there, I guess you can follow at Yahoo Fantasy as well for, um, you know, whatever the hell's going on there. That that'd be about enough of that. All right, Scott will be back on Monday morning with the recap of the games, all the way through this Week 13 slate: the good ones, the bad ones, the ugly ones, and the ones we love to hate. Until then, we're out.